feel free to like like put a, like a sick beat drop on this <laughs> and use it as like your intro. Welcome back, Standers, to another episode of the Standing Desk Podcast. Uh, Dan and I are your co-hosts of the greatest show on Earth. Dan, how's it going, brother? It's another great day in the Web 3.0 environment we're living in, Ben. <laughs> That's right. Hope, hope everyone, all of our Standers, had a lovely Thanksgiving, took time to show their thanks to, uh, to everything beautiful in their life, including uh, Dan and yours truly. Um, so... We're gonna we're gonna kick off our episode talking about something that hopefully no one had to endure on Thanksgiving, which was which is the Macy's Day Parade. Uh-huh. What, you, what are your thoughts? Well, there's there's kind of two two sides to this coin. So I think we're kind of all universally at the point where why are we still doing the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Yeah. Sure, it's fun to see Santa come in at the end. Sure, it's kind of a fun kickoff to the holiday season. I I don't want to see some C-list celebrity mouth like lip syncing to something while standing next to a Target float that happens like it's an ad. It's not a, it's not a float. It's an ad. Yeah. So that's a, a, a horrible fate to bestow. I mean, sure, maybe it's fun in person, whatever. I know one of our friends went, but oh. still, still seems not for me. Okay. There is a second part to this parade that is even less for me. Oh, no. And did you know that this is the first year that there was a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Metaverse Web 3.0 NFT parade? I heard. I actually was looking. Oh, yes. I was doing some research for, for a meme, a Thanksgiving NFT, and this this like filled my, my search. And I said, nope, I'm not even going to read about this. So yeah, so, so according to the executive producer of the Macy's Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day parade, Will, Will Koss, um, this is a, a quote. As we count down to the 96th Macy's Parade, we are excited to bring this spectacle once again to the Web3 virtual landscape with a fun experience that empowers our fans, collectors, and our highly engaged Discord community. Well, who's on the Macy's <laughs> Discord? That's what I want to know, first of all. Who's you out there? Get in if you get a Macy's credit card and rack up ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Like, <laughs> who's trying to get some second-rate dishware right now? <laughs> like, what are we doing right now? Like, yeah, we start for the tenth anniversary sale of the year right now. Discorders, <laughs> let's get it. Like, there is a whole NFT marketplace for Macy's, which is not very cool. Like the whole, so the whole thing um is where they have prod like i think it's six different nft projects that float by you in the metaverse which i don't know if this is like super intentional or just not very well thought out but they're in this fake parade or this web3 parade there's nobody on the streets it's like barren it's just floats going by it's like the least thought out thing like it's very representative that the fact that no one cares about this parade yeah they just modeled it off of their stores like <laughs> just the foot traffic hey, people are supposed to go <laughs> just an ap- apocalyptic land <laughs> it's horrifying and like, and it's like saying, oh, like you can vote on the best one and it's going to be turned into an actual balloon. Like, bro, do why we, would I? Do we know what, to, 
is it the one of one dockers from 2012 bro no it's khakis (laughs) it's an ape wearing an arizona brand deep (laughs) v-neck two for 20 it's terrifying that's pretty bad this 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 might be the worst thing since like meta tried to do meetings in the metaverse (laughs) yeah uh in the right mind would sign up for this it's so, and so they and, and Macy's has done this is their third collection of NFTs. They are trying so hard for the least cool store on earth. They're trying way too hard to be cool. <laughs> Dude, they're at the forefront of everything, man. They they're really just it's, breaking boundaries. Like they have t-shirt NFTs. They that, that's literally what they have. And the worst part is they're not good t-shirts. Mm, of course not. Of course not. Macy's, 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 Macy's. Stay in your lane. This is not your time. This is not going to be your big break. Sell your stores to Target and get it over with. (laughs) You know, actually, annoyingly, Macy's is doing okay financially. Whatever. Probably (laughs) because they're making $8 million for every NFT that they sell. You know something I didn't know is they own Bloomingdale's. They own Bloomingdale's? Yeah. That's why that's they're doing That's their, like, right? luxury line. Wow. That is actually insane. I know. They don't want to taint the brand. By, by yeah, serious. By, like, directly brand. associating with that. But, Golly. yeah. So, that sucks. And I just, like, they know that their audience is not going to be people that, like, actually are super deep into, like, crypt- like, crypto NFTs and stuff like that. They have an FAQ section of their NFTs. And the FAQ is, what is an NFT? What is Discord? <laughs> How do I buy NFTs? They have so no basically, they're just trying to scam people out of their money. 100%. This yeah. actually seems very sketchy. Like, obviously, it's legal. It just seems a little sus that they're kind of like... It couldn't possibly be money laundering, could it? <laughs> I don't know. I think they're just trying to rope people into buying something that they don't fully understand. No, stores would never do that. That's never happened. (laughs) Balance bands were never a thing. An entire crypto exchange would not do that. And yeah, FTX has entered the chat. Two weeks later. (laughs) Yeah, is is SPF ghost running Macy's? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brutal. So, yeah, that's Macy's. I'm sorry. What are we doing? But speaking of other scams, uh, Ben, I do also want to bring up uh, a TikTok I saw the other day where this was this was how this TikTok was prefaced. This guy said, you know, most people have the ability to make, you know, to make one investment and have enough recurring income for the rest of their life or like, you know, to survive. But but they're just not willing to do it. So I was like, all right, you got me on hook. I am so excited to see what this man has to say next. He said, all you need is one rental property. And I was like, okay, great. Awesome. This is already off to a thrilling start. This guy's 26 and he's telling me to buy an investment property. I'm sure this is going to go well. And he's like, all you need are these few key factors that you can easily work out. So his advice to us, the the plebeians, <laughs> idiots that aren't getting enough money to survive every year off uh, passive income is to purchase... Um, a house, an investment property, 
for $1.325 million. Done. So that's the, that is the, that's just the buy price. I've only been wondering what to do with that. It's been yeah. sitting in the bank. Well, here's know? the best part. You only need to put down a down payment of 125000 That's 9.4%. Oh. Oh. Simple. That's like I don't know a why tenth of my yearly salary, bro. That's no. nothing. Which, by the way, for those of you that don't know, uh, anything under 20% requires you to get mortgage insurance. So that's an additional monthly cost that you're now incurring. Um, your monthly payment is $2,500. So light, light work. Easy. Um, which, Easy. So, sorry, plus, plus your mortgage insurance. Right. right. Um, all you have to do is get an interest rate of 1%. Oh! Easy, dude. The doy. I don't know why everyone's not just going to the bank and asking for a 1% interest. <laughs> yeah, especially in, in this economy, I hear they're just giving out low interest rates to anyone who wants yeah. it. The Fed actually, actually is lowering the interest rate as we yeah. speak. Yeah, No, actually because of this guy's advice. They're priming yeah. the pump because of this one guy. He's like, oh, they were like, oh, Powell's like, oh, this is actually not, bad, no, this guy, not a bad idea. Wait, why shouldn't it be 1% anyway? Right. Uh, and, and you have to get it on a 50-year term, by the way. You're amortizing this over 50 years. Right. Um, also, this is not the correct, correct use of amortization at all. But <laughs> I digress. Um, and then you're making, a balloon, yours. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then you're making a balloon payment in 84 months. Okay. Simple. And oh, by the way, this is going to generate $30,000 a year. Wait, what? Yeah, this is going to net you $30,000 a year. That was his thing at the end. He said the average American income is $28,000. This is going to give you over the average income. Oh. My brother in Christ, if you think I have $125 grand just sitting around and I can purchase a $1.3 million house just to make $30,000 in recurring income a year, you're out of your mind. And I, I wish I... Actually, no, I, I do want to read you the full caption for this because it's all The fact that this isn't known is terrible. As a senior at Oregon State University studying business, <laughs> I can confirm that this has never been talked about by my professors. You ever thought that maybe that's because it's stupid, buddy? What is? What are they teaching over there at Oregon State University? Dude, they're just... That's true, bro. The the academic elite don't want you to uh, succeed. That's just facts. I mean, that they is true. They don't want true. you to I... get rich. They want you to be a puppet for the Democratic Party. They want you to be poor and mad and miserable and donate the pennies that you have to George yeah. Soros's foundation. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this this dude's probably just at an academic level higher than me at the 130th ranked business school in the country. Hey. But I mean, I'm, go I Beavers, what, what, bro. What do I know? Go Beavers. No. Go Beavers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I may have missed a zero or something, but if my math is correct, uh, that investment will give you a 2%, 2.4% yield annually. It's like getting a treasury bond, <laughs> except it can light on fire. If you bought an I bond, you yeah. could make more money actually yeah. as a cap. But I mean, like... What the hell? You can buy treasure. What's the treasury treasury yield right now? Some stupid treasury yield. Thirty year thirty year treasury yield is four percent, and this is not a fifty. This is you going into debt for fifty years. Uh, this guy, ugh, I, I've been looking for a new uh, portfolio manager, so this, yeah. is this is perfect. Oregon State, come get your man. <laughs>
Speaking of people coming to get other people, the U.S. justice system has recently come for our man, Daryl Brooks, who we covered his court case uh, back in what it was, was, it was Milwaukee or some or some somewhere in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. this man ran down six, killed Kenosha, six people. Right? Yeah, Kenosha, uh, where he ran down and killed six people, injured, you know, dozens others. Uh, and he de- decided to defend himself in court, saying he didn't do it, even though the car that was identified to have done the crime was in the background of one of his self-made music videos we're all looking for the guy who did this yeah (laughs) okay don't come in at me with those references to that (laughs) god-awful show anyway uh for those of you that were wondering uh that have been following the case as close as me he has recently received a sentence and shocker to nobody he has received life in prison oh so let that be uh you know a message to you all Mm -hmm. if you try and run down your girlfriend in your car uh get released on bail and then kill six people uh you're not you're not going to stick around for a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, no. Small, small shred of evidence that the U.S. justice system sometimes works <laughs> when you are literally presented and slapped in the face with evidence. <laughs> That's right. No matter how hard you try for a mistrial, it ain't yeah. going to work. <laughs> There's still some hope, folks. You have to be filthy rich to evade the, the justice system. That's that fact remains undefeated. Yeah, that music video didn't take him to the moon, so he he's not making it out of that one. OJ's right. laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so I can't think of a segue, but I just have a little, this is just a little pet peeve of mine in writing or journalism, blogging, whatever you want to say. And that's when an older writer, usually middle-aged says a, a phrase and then says, as the kids say. So an example I saw recently, which was which isn't really even a super Gen Z phrases. This seemed destined to failure from the jump, as the kids say, you know, uh, back in the day was you only live once, as the kids say. Uh, It did not hit as the kids say. (laughs) See, now that would be accurate. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I personally feel like there is no better way to disengage from your readers than by showing like you're above a certain kind of language that like just a certain demographic is using. Do you think I'm being too harsh or do you think it's fair that like you don't need to add that that color? You don't need to you don't need to point to the fact that you're not a kid Right. I mean, it's just completely isolating a group of people like like that just you had no one asked you to. There was no reason to do it. Yeah. It's like like you're like you're like like kids or like younger because it's not like they're talking about children. It's like younger people couldn't possibly be reading your work right now. No, not at all. I mean, they're all morons, right? Every everyone. I, I saw this thing. I forget who said it. Some 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 political leader was saying that. Anyone over the age or anyone that was born after 1990 should have no say in the direction of the way our country is going. Oh, oh you mean people that are 32? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, what are you saying? The people like running the most profitable businesses in the country? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all of the tech startups, like everyone that's like Every in the prime of their life right now. Oh, you mean all the people that have been through two recessions that are created by the generation that said that? No, I think the retired 80 year olds should actually be making yeah. calls. It makes the most sense. Yeah. And also, great financial advice right here. If you are over the age of 80, you should be getting 30 year uh, treasury bonds. 
<laughs> you will be seeing that payout very quickly <laughs> in this life or the next. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my little rant. But let's let's close it out with uh, the GOP platform controversy. Oh, this was so hard to see. So, you know, every now and then there's a, a statement that's made by individuals on one side of the aisle or the other, but I, I think the GOP has officially gone too far this time. They okay. have made a stance that simply cannot be ignored and that needs to be called out. Okay. Uh, a GOP spokesperson or, you know, act, very active in the GOP community uh, said, <clears throat> this is a tweet, verified tweet, by the way, Twitter blue. Um, Biden's granddaughter is three years older than her husband. This is the America they want. The GOP is officially against cougars. Oh, my. This cannot be ignored. <laughs> Love comes in all shapes, sizes, and ages. Looks Don't like there's a blue wave in dare. Florida this year. <laughs> Don't blue wave in you. Florida 2024. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> like, and this would be one thing if she wasn't, like, I'm pretty sure she's like, She's like 34 or something like that. 34-year-old <laughs> cougar? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, why do we care that she, her husband's in his early 30s? These are the people born after 1990 that we can't trust. <laughs> why do the Bidens want older women marrying younger men? Don't they know that men have to be dominant to women? She probably makes almost as much money as him. That's not allowed. <laughs> She probably makes 90 cents to the dollar. (laughs) (laughs) It's why, like, there's so many things you can pick apart on both sides of the aisle. Everybody sucks. That is not the hill to die on. Not to vibe, man. They're grasping at straws. It's (laughs) just. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. She's 29 and he's 25. This sounds like it would be the biggest issue, and it was actually on Love Is Blind. This is a Nancy Nancy and Bartiz situation. Oh yeah, all you're over right. Again. You're right. That that's where it's relevant. Oh man, blows my mind. I just couldn't let that slide. We lost all of our founding philosophies. Yep. Do you think there were any cougars in like the 1800s? Probably. Like, who's keeping tabs on that? I don't even like. I mean, it's got to be in a book somewhere. But Charles Dickens wrote about it. The first cougar. Tale of two cities. <laughs> Tale of two cougars. Yeah. And welcome back to the Standing Desk Podcast. It's everybody's favorite segment of the show. It's Icebreaker. Woo! It's a segment of the show where we call a random individual, get their opinions, thoughts, feelings, reactions to life, politics, mm-hmm. uh, fashion trends, and all the above. Uh, this is not a long form interview like we did uh, on the last episode, though we will be bringing that back in some capacity in future episodes. It, it did get some good uh, reactions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this will be uh, a short form interview with uh, my buddy Kyle. He and I golf together uh, very frequently. He is uh, currently employed at my former employer. I actually helped recruit him uh, to said establishment. So I'm going to give him a call. Hey, Kyle. And... Exactly. It's, it's actually Kyle the rapper. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get his thoughts on life. We're going to get his thoughts on fruit snacks and cups of Patron. Exactly. Mr. Dan Carr. Kyle Koken, you are on the Standing Guest Podcast. I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of this. Yes, you should be. This is the top podcast uh, recorded in downtown Phoenix. I have heard the, the news is buzzing through the wires. <laughs> exactly. It's an absolutely electric time to be a part of the pod. 
Exactly. Electricity is flowing. <laughs> so Kyle, I, I preface our conversation by telling the listeners that uh, you're a scratch golfer. Uh, you're one of the best <laughs> amateurs in the state of Arizona. Yes. <laughs> Even more electricity is flowing now. Exactly. Uh, but no, Kyle and I do regularly golf together. And Kyle, I wanted to get your thoughts on a few, a few golf-related items, if you don't mind. Sure. I, I can do that. So this is something I, I, I do know your stance on, but I think I would like to hear it extrapolated for the, the, the wider public. Please, please give me your stance on the beer versus cocktail debate while golfing. Ooh, I'm more of a cocktail guy only because if you're drinking a beer on the golf course in the summer in Arizona, that thing is getting warm quickly. And I want my cocktail with ice in it to last longer. Okay. So follow-up questions. One, which is the go-to cocktail? The rum and Coke. Can't beat that. Can't beat the rum and Coke. He, he did oh. make fun of me one time because I got a rum and Diet Coke. Diet Coke, yes, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can accommodate you there. <laughs> but I will say, so okay, if you were guaranteed to have both steak cold at the desired temperature, would you still go cocktail or would you go with the beer and or seltzer? I might go with some petty brewskis on that one. Okay. Okay. Are yeah. we are we going light beers? Are we going hazies? What are we doing? We're <laughs> since it's a golf course and a long eighteen holes, we're gonna go light beers. All right. That's that's a business decision. I, I respect yeah. that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so speaking of uh, critical decisions i, I have a, a situation uh that I, I need you to to go with um i can diagnose the situation okay so <laughs> who do you think you are more likely to beat in a round of golf <laughs> charlie woods uh, who is tiger woods son for those of you yes. who don't know yep. uh or phil mickelson but he's playing righty <laughs> i'm taking phil I feel like I can get in Phil's head. Charlie Woods definitely has the composure of Tiger Woods, and I'm I'm just not living rent free in his head. But, Char- but okay, but Charlie Woods, but he's playing from the tips. <sighs> Charlie's gonna beat me. His dad's Tiger. I'm going with Phil. Lock it in. <laughs> okay, I can respect that. I, I do want to give context um, for the audience that uh, Charlie is 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's a prodigy, though. He is a prod. He is actually a very good golfer. Okay. Please, please add that context. I, I will. I will certainly add that context for the people. Thank uh, you very much. And and my last thing, uh, Kyle, if you could give a dream round of golf for people on any course in the world, what would it be, and who would it be with? Ooh, we're going. We're going Tiger Woods. Okay. Um. We're gonna go with Bryson DeChambeau. Okay. And we're gonna bring in, of course, the legend John Daly. Wow, that is, is a yeah. Ask him if he's a Bryson or a Brooks guy. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you a Bryce? So you're more of a Bryson than a Brooks guy? No, I just I just think it'd be personality wise unbelievably chaotic. I think it'd be more of an experience. Okay, that's that. Brooks, Brooks I, as in a golfer wise, yes. Okay. Okay, I like that. And what would the course be? Uh, St. Peter's. That's yeah. You can't go wrong. All right. Yep. Well, can't beat it. Kyle, we appreciate you having having you on the podcast. Uh, even though I wasn't included in your dream foursome for golf, uh, I'll look past <laughs> it and forgive you. You can be my caddy, Dan Carter. Yeah, because that'll really set you up for success. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Kyle, we appreciate you. Thank you for being on the pod, and I'll talk to you later. It was a pleasure. Everyone have a good night. <laughs> you as well. See ya. Wow. wow. What a guy. <laughs> I mean, he made a lot of good points there. He sounds just... like if Henry 
and Alec mixed together bro. into a single human. It's, yeah, I love it. Um, where's St. Peter's? Is that Masters? No, that's a no, good- no. St. Peter's is uh, in Ireland. Oh. It's like like one of like the golf courses. I'm pretty sure. No, it's just or no. I'm thinking of St. Andrews. I don't know where St. Peter's is. I think he meant unless he's talking about the course in Missouri. I'm pretty sure he meant St. Andrews. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a muni in, in Mississippi. I mean, this looks like a nice course. Like, hey, it, it, I don't know. On on NBC Golf now, it has three point seven stars. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure he meant St. Andrews and I. <laughs> Dream spot, bro. Hey, I'm I'm not gonna knock the state of Missouri, man. But if you want to play a, a par seventy, go for it, man. Just twelve bucks around. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. I'm going to book a tea time here. I'm going to see how expensive it is. Uh, if I went for tomorrow, I mean, it's a, it's 35 bucks around. <laughs> Kyle, we can make this happen for you. You get enough airline points, we can. I'll pay for your tea time. All right, dude. That'll be our first. If we had our like Patreon goal, we'll go. We'll fly to St. Peter's. Yeah, we'll fly and play at St. Peter's. Do a live pod on the course. What's your dream for, dude? I, I mean, it's got to be Tiger. Phil. Yeah, it's got to be. Phil. Ernie Els. No. Um, <laughs> Steph Curry. Gosh. And Tom I, Brady. Dude, I'd do a two-man scramble with Tiger Tiger and Phil against me and my dad. That'd be sick. For That'd, sure. be sick. That'd be sick. I'd do that. That's that's my foursome. <laughs> Not with Kyle, because he didn't include me in his. Yeah, bro. All right, thanks, Kyle. So I was listening to a podcast. It's called The All In Podcast. It's very good. Highly recommend it. Drew, I think, who's a listener, also listens to it. Basically, the hosts are these four guys. They're all like billionaires or multi-multi-millionaires. And a couple of them are helping Elon with the new Twitter (laughs) Twitter journey he's on. So, and they were, they were, it's it's convenient because they uh, usually talk about like social media and business and stuff, and they they conveniently avoided talking about what's going on at Twitter. <laughs> but what they did talk about was the culture that Elon's trying to install in Twitter, which is like you know being quote unquote hardcore and like working eighty hour weeks, eighty plus hour weeks, uh, etc. And so these are a bunch of Gen X guys and they were talking about like hustle culture and how they all embody that, which I would agree. They're all billionaires and multimillionaires. They're definitely, they're hard workers for sure. sure, but they were defining hustle culture as something that I don't think is accurate. And I want to like set the record straight for whenever we talk about hustle culture. So they were saying how hustle culture is essentially that younger people don't want to work more than 40 hours a week and essentially like refuse to work more than that. Uh, and then another co-host was like, that's what a salary job is. You take however much time is necessary to get your job done. They were like, yeah, I know, but Gen Z's don't see it that way. <laughs> and then they also said that this is the difference between living to work and working to live and how they all embody living to work. I think, you, would you agree with me that that's inaccurate? Yes. Yeah. Explain. So I don't, I don't think that the whole hustle culture thing is working to live or living to work. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a small aspect that's true in that where I think people that are trying to embody 
or that people try to give the illusion of I am constantly wanting to work. Like I will do whatever it takes to make money. And -hmm. I think that's kind of what hustle culture started as, but I feel like hustle culture has turned into more like there's a difference between doing what you need to do to make money and survive and like get through life, mm-hmm. which, or even achieve whatever you want to achieve. Yeah. And yeah, and achieve your goals. As opposed to, I'm trying to do whatever I can to get filthy rich, regardless of whatever hurt that causes or mm-hmm. damage yeah, whatever that does. Grift I'm doing, whatever. It, whatever yeah. However I think, annoying I'm being about it. I would also say it's like, like the signaling you do around it and like your your public persona around it and like making it your entire personality. Right. Part of it. Exactly. And it's not necessarily wrong to want to achieve, to make a bunch of money. Like, sure. Like if that's who you are as a person and that's like your biggest goal yeah. in life, go for it. Sure. Like I'm not going to stop nothing you wrong. and there's nothing wrong with that. I'd like, love to make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to make a lot of money? But like to the point where it's starting to damage either other people by like trying to sell them a course and making promises of mm-hmm. this will get you rich quick or you should kill your family and start flipping houses. Like <laughs> just Selling like super- a miracle drug that can supposedly cure exactly cancer, but then like, doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or raising the price of insulin by a 1700 percent things yeah. like that. Yeah. Like there's, that that's where the line is drawn and it becomes this satirized thing that I think we, we like to talk about similar to, we talked about earlier, that guy saying, all you need to do is buy one, $1.3 million house. I'm a senior in college. I know everything like that's stupid. Like that is stupid and deserves to be shamed. Yeah. And I would also say it's like, I don't know. I, I was not okay with them saying it's anyone. Hustle culture is, or like lazy young people don't want to work over 40 hours a week. I think that's ridiculous. And I think right. hustle culture isn't wanting to work more than 40 hours a week. Right. Like both of us have consistently worked over 40 hours a week, though neither of us are part of hustle culture. Um, right. So I feel like there is a significant disconnect between, let's say, Gen X and boomers and millennials and Gen Zs, and maybe Gen Zs the most. Uh, I think they all think we're just a bunch of lazy, right? Who don't who don't want to work, <laughs> who want to do the bare minimum. And they saw all these articles about quiet quitting, which doesn't actually exist, and they used it as proof that Gen Zs are lazy. No one wants to work. Yeah, I, I think it's just like a recognition by this generation that of what the act, the true value of your labor and or work is. Like if I'm getting paid $50,000 to work 80 hours a week mm-hmm. and I'm generating yeah. tens of thousands of dollars a week, yeah. that's something that's like, people are like, yeah, why, why am I getting paid this? Like I'm, I'm worth way more than this. I don't want to put an extra effort for a job. That's not going to reward me. If I was making $733,000 a year, I would certainly be more willing to put in that extra work because it's what I'm actually being paid for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your business model relies on entry-level employees working over 40 hours a week to survive, this is my true capitalist coming out. Your business deserves to fail. For real. You Bailing out a company because it's not working and people aren't wanting to work for you, you kind of deserve to fail. Yeah, it's not like it's... On like underemployed or sorry, underpaid employees to keep your company afloat. 
that's not that's not if the model not doesn't work hardcore. like you <laughs> shouldn't just, have to have people go to prison at the top executive level for your company to fail if right. it doesn't work yeah it's tough luck i would also say like it's more understandable in a in a startup like environment where you're working a ton of hours and you're grinding to you know help this thing build and part of like part of it is the pride of helping to build this thing as like from its infancy the other nice thing is potentially you get a nice payday at the end some equity in the, in this new company uh but when it's like this massive corporation and there's not really any like clear growth path that you can see like there's there are no fruits of your labor to be had except for this salary which is less than your worth that that does just doesn't like then what are you working for that's not hustle culture i don't honestly say that like hustle culture people are are better than the people who exploit those workers right because at least they're trying to maximize their profits yeah exactly I don't know. I, I, the The whole ironic piece I find of it is not, it's not all, it's some, obviously everything in life is a gray area, but a lot of the people that say, oh, nobody wants to work anymore and I have to shut down my business and stuff like that are the same people that say like everyone in our generation wants a participation trophy. Right. Oh, you want, you want your little business <laughs> to be okay? Yeah. Oh, do you want a trophy Seriously. for staying in business because you can't pay people enough? Too bad. I know. You lost, you lose, losing happens. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I can. But someone agree. who doesn't have to exploit their their workers take over that little business space that you got over there in the strip mall. Seriously, I don't care about Damn. your story and Damn. your business. Taking the gloves off, let's go. I am a capitalist Darwinist, whatever you want to call it. When it comes to that, I hate it. I mean, well, I mean, like on a on a grander scale, it's like these companies want these bailouts from the government when their company goes to shit. And then they get so furious when taxes are raised because we have so much debt. Right. <laughs> like, like, I can kind of get why, like, a bank would get a bailout. Yeah, I expect because a lot of people. it would collapse society yeah. to an extent, but there should be stipulations attached to said bailout, such yeah. as anything over. Any profit you have for the next five years will be returned to the federal government. Sure. In term, like, I feel like that should just be standard. Yeah. Like, granted, then these people would rack up their expenses and stuff, but maybe they do it on their payroll. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're, they're, it's like, it's a proven out. <laughs> it's a proven out fact that receiving government aid can come with requirements that help everyone out. I, I, I only say this because I have very personal experience with the CARES Act. I got very deep into it. I, I read all yeah, three versions of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There were restrictions in place and think like stipulations as part of the act, which you this money could not go to top executives and their pay. You can't cut benefits. You can't cut salaries for your everyday workers like in return for receiving all of this aid from the government so that you don't fail. Mm-hmm. It's proven. It, it happens. It's possible. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why people are so... I don't know why we have to do that for small business. Well, you know, we're not economists, unfortunately, but we sure try to be. So let's talk about another situation where people are contradicting themselves. Um, And that is with the latest Balenciaga scandal. So Dan, uh, hopefully you can give a brief overview of that. Uh, But essentially, 
people on the right are are up in arms about Balenciaga's latest ad campaign and are trying to cancel them from existence. So, you know, the people who are so fierce about cancel culture have been for years. We all see it all the time. We're not trying to cancel a uh, a designer brand. Well, <laughs> it was bad. It's a bad ad, ad yeah. campaign. But so, Dan, you want to go? Yeah. I mean, with that being said, I think everybody's trying to cancel Balenciaga. Oh, this yeah. ad campaign because oh, there's yeah. there's a few too many instances in this campaign that smell a little off. Mm-hmm. So one of so the the whole thing about this campaign is the, there's an overarching kind of pet pedophilia association with it. There are multiple images of kids holding like teddy bears that were dressed in like mildly BDSM like attire, if you will, mm-hmm. which. Like there, Balenciaga's kind of like sometimes goes for like a little more hardcore look or like industrial look, whatever. So like if that was like an isolated thing, I would think, and eh, maybe it's kind of a just a you know a miss. But then there's a few other instances in where like one of the doc, like it's all subtle things through, but it's a lot of subtle things. A lot, of, yeah. It's, it's a, they're piling up. <laughs> yeah, like one of which there's a, like a, an image of like a bag or I think it's a bag or shoes, whatever, whichever one. And on the desk is a document detailing the 2008 Supreme court case, the United States versus Williams, which talked about like obscenity of images of children and like what defines it as like child pornography versus not child pornography, God. which is, that's a weird thing to put in your fashion campaign. <laughs> um, there's, books by an author that talks about like sacrificing children uh, as part of like the world of the books just um, coincidences man yeah just just coincidences <laughs> um there's this there's another piece where there's you know like caution tape yeah 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 so instead it says balenciaga but it says balenciaga b a a l oh i saw that yeah what's up with that so so ball is a a god of like fertility but part of like the whole thing with ball is like the sacrificing of children. Oh God. So like, there's, there's like, there's a few other items like in documents and books that are shown in the background. It just seems a little too calculated. Plus the images of the kids with the bears. It's just feels eerily not good. That's pretty bad. And I saw like some tweets of like people who are outraged about this more than the average person. Which don't get me wrong, this is like whack. But people are like tweeting up tweet storms about this. Anyway, so they like pulled the like Balenciaga's lead stylist's pictures, I think from whatever her social media, and they were a little satanic. Like there was like a baby with like its guts like spilling out. Uh there was like uh a devil like about to you know, sexually assault a person on a pentagram. But yeah, there's some questionable shit going on there. Weird mood board for sure. Weird mood board. <laughs> this is 2023 mood board, baby. Put it on Pinterest. Yo, it's going to go off on the Explore page. Oh, man. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I was trying to like get in their head about okay, is this them just trying to stir up controversy and get people talking? Yeah. But I then mean, they, they have to know that people are going to hate it. But do they think that we're just too big to fail and people are still going to buy our stuff anyway? Like, I just... I feel like 
I didn't really think about this till now. I think it might be a jump the shark sort of thing where like they've increasingly pulled these wild stunts and these wild PR stunts and their clothes have gone like, like edgier and weirder and their campaigns have gone, you know, that have pushed the boundary so much that they constantly need to one up themselves, you know? And like, I think they've kind of run out of gimmicks and people are starting to care less. So now they have to do this like truly outrageous thing. Even the geniuses over at Oregon State University would tell you that pedophilia is not the route to go if you're trying to get attention. Like say something like the world's ending in 2024 by our Balenciaga, it'll protect you. Say something like that. Not, not the other route, man. Like that is just so, I don't know if it's tone deaf, if it's like trying to turn art or creativity into like something that's super meta like it's it's not art like how how did this get through like it because you know it had to go through multiple people Mm -hmm. and layers and people have to be picking this stuff apart and how did every single person see that and be like wow yeah like i get it like that's great and no one questioned yeah maybe we shouldn't be putting a supreme court case about child pornography in our ad campaign about shoes and bags yeah, no one at, in the boardroom was like, so what's this? Yeah. So, wait, what so is there's, there's two there's two A's in the tape. Is that a typo? Or is somebody walk me through that? Yeah. It, this, I, I don't need to look this up, do I? It's no, showing it's, that like children don't need to be perfect. Yeah. So like, the like they're the, they're entrapped by the bonds of their limited minds. Is that no a god of fertility? Oh. Huh? Oh, the Supreme Court says is promoting civics education, encouraging like like yeah. What was this like saying bikers have a right to the the road or what was it? Like, yeah. No. Oh, oh, the obscenity of children. Okay. okay. Mm. Yeah. No, it looks good to me. All right, send it out. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, just ridiculous, man. Like I just can't get over that. That was a thing gonna be burning all my balenciaga clothes yeah i guess i can't wear balenciaga that's why i don't own any you know? yeah i knew it from the start man it's, honestly they just that's <laughs> that's why i buy the arizona brand at macy's and welcome back to cooler talk this is cooler talk right that was a can could have sounded like again it was a can I promise you this Balenciaga's is latest ad campaign. Uh, the least threatening segment of the show. Bro, which... this is how Balenciaga gets back all the people on the right. Next ad campaign is just like a, a like a pro-gun campaign. Shooting <laughs> bullets at kids. Bro, no, kids with guns? Like kids ARs, with guns? That would yeah. actually like make everyone happy. I'd buy a Balenciaga Glock. Yeah. Balenciaga Glocka? Balenciaga sticky, sticky grenade? Yeah, man. It's going to be a new Call of Duty skin. Look out. <laughs> uh, anyway, getting into the least controversial aspect of the show. Uh, it's Cooler Talk, the part of the show. Everyone's favorite part, actually. Yeah, it's the greatest show. It's the biggest part of the show. Everyone loves it. <laughs> Everyone comes up to me in the streets and they say, I love this segment, Dan. <laughs> uh, we're, we're better than I each pick a new drink each week, and we, we test it out live on the pod, whether it's the same drink or different drinks. And, and this week, golly gee willikers, did Ben... He Ben went on a whole cross country, across the world trip just for this. Just for this. So yeah, I actually I grabbed a few snacks from the the Tokyo airport uh, for this 
for this very moment. Fortunately, a couple apparently you can get in the States, so that's a little disappointing. But I don't think this one is available. I have M&Ms! <laughs> Here are some Doritos <laughs> Cool Nacho! What are they? Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch. Don't act like you're better than Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> I can't remember last time I had a Cool Ranch Dorito. So anyway, we got fettuccine gummy here. It literally says fettuccine. I don't know why. It's all in Japanese, obviously, so can't read that. I was going to bring a drink, too, but I just thought it, it would just shake up in my bag and be bad news. Explosive. Okay. They look like little fettuccine pieces. Oh, it's like literally fettuccine. It looks like a um, like a, like a sour worm. It tastes, it like, tastes a sour like garlic. Worm. Oh, okay. But like not as sugary as a uh, like a sour patch kit or something. Not as you know. More savory. <laughs> chicken, chicken flavored. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it just tastes like sour patch kids. But like a little worse. <laughs> it almost tastes like healthy sour patch kids. Okay. I'll okay. give them a, give them a six eight. Wow. Okay, that's higher than I was anticipating. All right, you want to do your drink? Sure. So, for those of you that don't that know me, um, I I prefer the the lighter beers of the world, uh, lagers, your ales, if you will, big mm-hmm. Newcastle brown ale guy. I'll occasionally dabble into the hazies. I do like a good hazy on a sunny afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't ever get too crazy with my beer. This is one of the more interesting beers I've come across in my journeys. Uh, it's from Renhouse Brewing, or no, it's not. It's from Urban South Brewery. <laughs> Excuse me, not run house. Yeah. Uh, this is what they. This is what the beer is. It's called Spills in Bedford, and it's a pastry sour with strawberries, white chocolate, and coconut. Oh, <laughs> do not drink if you are gluten intolerant. <laughs> um, it's brewed in Texas, apparently. I white chocolate, coconut, and pastry involved with my beer scares me a little bit. <laughs> um, but. I was like, you know, I got I got to put one on for the pod. So, Respect, dude. We're we're gonna try the spills in Bedford from Turning Point beer. We haven't had an alcoholic bevy in a minute. So, yeah, I think the last one was a Four Loco Gold. <laughs> no, we had that uh, Mickey's. Oh yeah, Don't we did have the Mickey's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That was a very lackluster explosion of beer. It smells very fruity, very strawberry. Okay. A little strawberry, coconut, and what else? It's, so it's a pastry sour with strawberry, white chocolate, and coconut. Oh, white chocolate. Sounds kind of holiday-ish. I get a little coconut in there. Okay. Mostly strawberry, though. Not getting any white chocolate. Okay, let's give it a, let's give it a sip. It's thick. Oh, it, it is sour. Wow. Okay, hold on. Wow. Okay, so it's not bad by any means. Um, this is something I would have one of and then be done for the night. It's very, it's thick. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like a smoothie beer, you know, where it's like, like literally like very, very thick. Gross. It's, you, you can just feel there's a lot going on in there. The strawberry is very overpowering, but the after, the after notes, if you will, that's a brand new word that I just made up <laughs> is coconut. Okay. I'm getting no white chocolate. I don't know why it's called a pastry beer. What is a pastry beer? I probably should have looked that up. What is a pastry beer? A pastry beer is a stout with a hit with pastry like things. Okay, so it actually has nothing to do with being an actual pastry. That's unfortunate. They didn't just dump a bunch of croissants. I was if I was expecting a croissant to come out of here. So <laughs> minus Are one point chunks? for that. 
Are there chunks of strawberry or coconut? Like with pulp, pulped up beer? It is not pulped up beer. Thank goodness for that. Would you have beer with pulp in it? No. I don't, I don't like my orange juice with pulp. Oh, that's... Weird. I don't like anything with pulp. That's weird. Pulp you sucks. like boba? I love boba. That it's doesn't make any sense. It's not pulp. It doesn't make any sense. It's not pulp. It's, it's pulp adjacent. <laughs> I like tapioca. No, it is tapioca, but it's like... It, no, it's I'm saying I like straight up tapioca. It's... Huh? Like, I like regular, like, tapioca. Like, pudding. And do you like regular oranges? They're fine. <laughs> Okay. Well, I just don't want it I in know. my drink. I I, I do not want gr- slimy little strings in my in my drink. I want slimy balls in my drink. <laughs> so, what if it's like a straw, like chunks of strawberry? No, at the bottom of a drink. Nope. Okay. I want it, it to, be to be like tapioca. Okay. Right. What's your rating? Seven one. It's pretty good. It's solid. I'd have one. Wouldn't have two. Where'd you get it? I don't know. Okay. It was just in my fridge. There it is. <laughs> Love a mystery beer fridge. All right. I got a Soleil sparkling water. That's uh, right. It's a two for one special. That's right. It's, uh, so, you know, it's blood orange flavored. Did I just, did I already say that? No calories, no sweeteners, no sodium, straight zeros. Looks nice. Lovely little, lo- lovely little can. Looks like Kroger's like Sunkissed or Fanta. Yeah. yeah, for real. That could be a good thing. Um, hmm. How do you feel about the orange LaCroix? It's, it's a, a C tier LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite, not my least favorite. Yeah. I feel like orange flavored sparkling water is just kind of mid. Yeah. I feel like you need the full effect to really get in there. Does it have pulp? It does not also, it does not have pulp. Sparkling water with pulp is where I draw the line. That's disgusting. So actually yeah. I guess beer is carbonated. So that'd be gross too. Yeah. But what no, about people do have done beer mosas. Mm, that's true. It's got to be pulp free. Uh, this is pretty gross. I'm going to say five, seven. Oh, that hurts. So, Ben, it's getting towards the end of the year. And as we head towards 2023, it is important to reflect back and take a look at the year that we had. You know, we like to give recognition where recognition is due. We like yep, to do our Spotify yep. wrapped. Uh, and there recently was an award ceremony that I want to cover, um, which is the Patriot Awards. Now, Dan, what is the Patriot Awards? Thank you for asking. The Patriot Awards is uh, in its third iteration. Uh, this is a presented by Fox News. Um, it is an award ceremony for the true patriots of our, of our country. Oh, I know uh, where you're going. I actually heard about this. Yeah. That recognize the best of the best of us, you know. Um, this year, <laughs> there's some great moments here. Um, <laughs> some real- I, I would, so Ben, just off rip, who do you think sponsored this year's Patriot Awards? What, what companies? My first guess is I want to say MyPillow. Okay, we have MyPillow. No, that actually wasn't one. Oh, it's not? Okay, that's honestly a shocker. Are they uh, like America-ish? One of them certainly gives the vibe of what we're getting with the Patriot Awards. I want to say Monster Energy. That would be wild. Um, but no, our two sponsors are Camping World. Of course. For the outdoorsmen in all of us. Yeah. And 
I, I couldn't have, I, if, if I was writing a satire novel, I could not have picked a better second sponsor for this golden corral. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. They're going it's right perfect. toward their audience for that one. Oh man. Good old the golden 70 corral. To 78. If they had said cracker barrel was the other one, I would have. Yep. Nah, gold. So this year's Patriot awards features <clears throat> a slew of awards. Okay. Um, one of which includes the back of the blue award. Uh, the, the Patriotic Badass Award, and my personal favorite, the MVP, the Most Valuable Patriot. Uh-huh. I know who the, the MVP is. <laughs> yeah, this year, the proud winner of the 2022 Most Valuable Patriot, as deemed by Fox News, is NBA, and this is not me saying this, this is the official awards page saying it, Sensation! Yep. <laughs> and human rights activist, Enos Freedom Cantor, or Cantor Freedom, whatever you want to call it. It's freedom, maybe. Enos Freedom. Enos Freedom won the MG. He is the most valuable patriot he is. out there right now. The only China hawk that matters. <laughs> the <laughs> most valuable player on the 2021 Boston Celtics, uh, scoring 3.7 points per game. Really? Enos Freedom? Yeah. I, I think so. because he supports saying that the Winter Olympic Games should not be held in China. Okay. I kind of respect that. Yep. 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 I mean, he, he, he claimed that the NBA tries to appease the Chinese state, which may or may not be true. Potentially. Yeah, it sounds like a modern day Snowden, man. That's all yeah. I hear. I, he's just a weird dude. Like he has some very good points. There are some areas like he calls out China. He just really hates China. He hates China. <laughs> he hates China, bro. Like, not saying that they're a, they're certainly not a perfect country. He's called it out for the whole thing with the Uyghurs, which is not getting enough attention as being an awful thing that's happening right yeah. now. But then he buys into some random stuff that's just kind of scary. I don't, Enos Cantor, bro. Okay, that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, though I will say that uh, I I did want to bring this up. This is something I just saw today. Um, this was tweeted actually. What's today? This was today is the. This was tweeted yesterday by. Um, another Patriot, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, um, who God tweeted damn. out, he tweeted out John fifteen eighteen. if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. This is Jesus saying that. And then so just to clarify, that is Jesus. Jesus said that. And Kyle Rittenhouse is tweeting that. And then he follows that by saying, all of the harassment I received makes me wonder if it would be easier to stay quiet about my values and beliefs. But then I remember that God sent his son, Jesus, who experienced the hatred of the world first. He is likening himself to Jesus for speaking out about Second Amendment rights after he killed somebody. Hmm. I, That's my MVP. <laughs> we should play a game where it's like Kyle Rittenhouse or any other like whatever conservative A-lister and like hmm. Kanye West and guess who tweeted it. Because <laughs> I can I see like Kanye that. tweeting the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, for those of you that don't know, Kanye did recently get reinstated on Twitter. He is back and active. I think his first tweet was Shalom. So. Yeah, very Look into that. Um, he announced his 2024 candidacy, so write him in. Oh, wait, no, yeah. don't write him in. He'll be no, on the ballot. He's already on the ballot. Um, he'll, do you have to collect signatures at yes. the federal level? And do you think he will collect <laughs> He might not, truly. Yeah, I don't think he will. I don't think, I don't he think, he think anyone likes him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, I would also like to call out a few memorable moments from the Patriot Awards, uh, a few memorable quotes, if you will. Um, I forget who said this, but said someone said, you know, uh, Bill Clinton knew I was doing this event. 
And he said, I know there's a lot of hot chicks that watch Fox News. That's it? Well, he said something else about, like, put out my a na- good name for me or something oh. like that. Hmm. Tasteful. Yeah. You think it was written by a speechwriter? Like, do you think he wrote that one himself? I think that's so bad that he wrote it himself. That absolute bar, dude. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm, I like a good joke, man. Why are we still bringing up Bill Clinton? Do hot girls watch Fox News? I don't know. If this is up for debate. Uh, this is some, yeah, this is something that was said multiple times. Um, up next again, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Just the fact that he's like one of the only speakers they got. That's one of the funniest things on earth. Who's way who moderated this? I uh, some dude that looks like he's one of the sponsors for the Hunger Games. <laughs> Oh, man. Like a lot of the people there just looked like extras on a Hunger Games set. I'm not gonna lie, it was <laughs> wild. Like people from the Capitol. Which district? <laughs> uh, the good, the nice district. Yeah, yeah, they're like, privileged. Weird, weird, weird stuff. But someone interrupted Tucker. He was. It was just like such a quintess. There's like nothing wrong with what he said, but it's just such a quintessential Tucker moment where someone interrupted him by saying like "Amen," and then he he stopped and saying "Amen." That's right. That is exactly right. If I could adopt any person's speech pattern, it would be Tucker Carlson. I <laughs> love the way he talks. Would you rather have Obamas or Tuckers? But you have, oh. to, have, like, you have to have their, um, you know, their tones, their inflection tone. I think I could land better jokes with Tuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Obamas is so much more official. Like, I'm telling you now. Yeah. That's right. That is exactly. And then Tuckers is more. That's right. That is exactly right. <laughs> that's right. Balenciaga right. did do a bad thing. Actually, that's not even parody. He literally had a segment. Yeah. <laughs> Balenciaga is wrong. But let me ask you this. Did Fruit of the Loom used to have a cornucopia? <laughs> I think the liberals want you to think yes. Do I snuggle with the teddy bear? Yes, I do. Does Perhaps. it have BDSM on it? No, it does not. No, I would not. <laughs> but why would Bill Clinton... Sorry, I can't, I can't get over it. But I, it's it's a spectacle to behold. Mm-hmm. I I feel like we harp harp on the 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 right side of the aisle a little bit over here. But golly, they just make it so easy sometimes. Yeah, this is a tough episode. Yeah. Right. T- tough episode for that side. But Let me I'm just telling you, I'm telling you right now, if there was an SJW freaking conference where they gave out awards, we would be. And if it was sponsored by something that would be quintessentially there, then I golly, I'd call it out so quick. We're equal opportunity haters on this. Yeah, equal equal rights, equal lefts. That's right. That's right. All right. And then anything else on Patriot Awards? Nothing else on the Patriot Awards. I want to I want to round us out this episode with a wholesome story. Take me to the queue, man. Take me to the queue. So I I have an arrangement with a buddy of mine. He's giving me kind of golf lessons, if you will. We go to the golf range. Kyle? We, no, not Kyle. Kyle couldn't teach me anything. <laughs> uh, so our, our arrangement is that we go to the golf range. Afterwards, I buy him dinner. Simple as that. It's much cheaper than they would normally be for hundreds and hundreds of dollars for lessons. Sure. I'll take that up any day. I hop on the old Yelp machine after our, our latest uh, tuna turn at the range. And I was like, what do you want to eat? And he's like, I don't know. It's like, all right, let me just look up something random. So I looked up barbecue and... Lord have mercy, did something come across my eyes? Something I like doing is picking an, an out of the blue, like a, an out of the normal location, something that looks kind of funny. Okay. I'll actively go somewhere that looks a little quirky just for the experience. Okay. You know, it's got to be just great. It's either going to be a great story or great food. True. 
And my eyes fell upon the Arizona barbecue shack. Oh God. Let me tell you. So this place is located in a parking lot that includes a fries. Mm-hmm. Um, it is next door to a, to a karate studio. Of course. Um, I think they have one of those in every strip mall in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, sure, it's unbelievable. No requirement, yeah. actually. And there was also an Ace Hardware. That's just quintessential Phoenix, bro. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. And in the corner, there's a big, just a big sign that says BBQ. Okay. Let's I'm like, go. Great energy right no here. No frills. I'm liking what's going on here. <laughs> Walk in the door. There's a bell attached to the door, of course. There's six people in there in total. <laughs> and no one near the hostess table, host table, whatever. Very yeah. just, we just kind of like, all right, let's just get up and sit down somewhere. So we got up, got up, sit down, um, and we're like looking around. And this place has like Americana all over the walls, like kind of good energy, kind of like jazzy a little bit, if you will, a little more kind of like I don't know what place is famous for jazz, Nashville. I don't know, blues, blues town. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's <laughs> there's a piano Collins. in there. There's a piano. There's a keyboard. There's oh, microphone. Like, oh. And I was like, oh, this place is kind of you know, all right, cool, cool, cool just ignored for the first probably 15 minutes we were in there and then the lady that's working there's like oh sorry guys i'll be i'll be there in a second i'll give you your menus and everything okay cool 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 the cook comes out of the kitchen he's just yamming it up with people i mean we're the average age in there before we walked in 68 uh-huh so we're like all right <laughs> this is special uh-huh. we, we walk into something right here so we go in we place our orders whatever and, you know, the cook's out there, like, walking around, like, just chatting people up. And he's, like, talking to people. He looks at me and the guy I'm there with. He's, like, you guys musicians? I'm, like, no. No. I'm, like, I don't know. Give me a snare drum. I could hit it a little bit if you need me to. And he's, like, oh, okay. You guys aren't musicians. And I was, like, that's a weird thing to ask people. But, I mean, like, the guy at the bar was a producer. Like, some guy just sitting there. He's, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, a music producer. And, like, none of these people, like, knew each other in there. I don't oh, think. of course, of course. So they're they're still like it's very family southern, very like friendly in there. I'm like, all right, good energy, good energy in here. Mm-hmm. I put in my order for half rack of ribs, potato salad. Um, they didn't have root beer there. They didn't have coke there. That's something we learned. Um, How is that possible at a barbecue restaurant? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so that so, uh, we put the order in. You know, the food comes out great. Then the chef walks out, and he's sitting there. And he's like. He walks up to the piano and he just starts going. <laughs> he starts just playing tunes and everyone in there is enjoying it. And then he starts singing too. Oh. He's, he, he's singing like, like old school, like gospel music right now. Okay. He's just, this man just made me a rack of ribs. And then he waltz on out there and just starts going in on the piano. <laughs> Dude, what a legend. I, I was like, this is top tier eating experience. And then some <laughs> other guy walks up. So that so the chef went to the keyboard and then this guy goes to the piano and then he starts riffing off him. So are you actually transported to like New Orleans? I walked into a movie. (laughs) Little do I know that this place has Tuesday night open mic gospel. (laughs) Open night, open mic gospel. Open mic gospel night. And I just so happened to walk in on that night, and there was five other people in the entire establishment, and then these guys are just going in about four feet from me. I cannot emphasize enough. If you gave me, if you dimmed the lights by about 50% and gave me a glass of whiskey, I would have sat in that corner the entire night. 
absolutely immaculate energy you, in there. You wouldn't have gone up there? Just no. started riffing on like a tambourine? I would do it on the tambourine. Okay. Let me tell you, it was the most mediocre food in the world. Oof. It was so mid. You go for the vibes. You go for the like, vibes. But the energy in there was something I have <laughs> never experienced. What are the chances of me just waltzing into this tiny little corner barbecue joint on open on Gospel Open Mic Tuesday? And they're just spitting like that. Why a million, really? If you are ever bored on a Tuesday night in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> go to the Arizona Barbecue Shack and let these guys sing for you and get some just okay food. Just for our Arizona listeners, can I get it like an intersection so I can get a general, just so I get a general sense of what the neighborhood vibes look like? It is on... Let's let's call it Hayden and McDonald. Okay. 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 So kind of like Scottsdale Tempe. Scottsdale Tempe area. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow. Incredible. Firm recommend. How, how long were they riffing? How long were they going? I mean, we at least 30 minutes and we left. God damn, bro. Did they get yeah, any was... more orders? Like, did you have to rack up any more ribs? No, there was literally five people in there. Oh. It was incredible. Dude, that's honestly the light. He probably owns the shop too. <laughs> oh, he's probably been there for decades. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would absolutely maybe go back on another Tuesday. All right. And that's that. Thanks for listening. Uh, shout out to our two Patreons, Cameron and Ken. We love you. You're our best friends and no one else is. But you guys are still right. close friends. All of our listeners, all of our standards. We'll see you next week.